Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. Drivers prepare for the Grand Prix. It's drama at Turn 1, most Grand Prix races anyway from a standing start, so what's it going to be like two side-by-side rolling starts? HRT, look at developments. I mean, we, I know where we need to go. There's a lot of work we need to do still. And what do the teams think about the TV deal? One hour prior to the news of highlights package is going to be a big deal, and I'm, I'm very excited about that. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Here's the news brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. This weekend, teams are looking to do a lot of work ahead of the Grand Prix, and they're all looking forward to it for different reasons. Um, oh, look, we, with all the engine stuff we've been doing, um, we've definitely improved the power. Now we just need to improve the power delivery. Oh, look, we'll definitely go out there and um, see if we can uh, keep keep the momentum going and win some more races. Doesn't matter if it's a part of the championship or not. I think we um, it'd be great for us as Red Bull to have uh, a strong showing of the Grand Prix. Someone a lot smarter than me will work out what we have to do. Um, I just drive and tell them what I think's wrong with the thing, and then they they try and fix it. So it's um, you know the boys will go back and uh, come up with something, and uh, we'll see how we go. Lee Holsworth talked about his feelings leaving Clipsal in 2014 over how he felt in 2013. Uh, well, I'm walking away with a bit, bit, bit better feeling in my foot. It's not, um, not burning at the moment, um, and I don't have a huge blister, but, look, we've come so far. Um, this, this time last year we were just trying to finish races and come home with a car that uh, did all the laps, and, um, yeah, we just wanted to get some miles on the gear and see where we, where we could improve, and now we come back this year and... The work the boys have done from Homebush to now um, is as much as they did from the start of year, start of the year to the end of last year. Uh, in terms of how much we've progressed forward, um, now that we've got the engine program in house, um, we've made some good gains there, uh, and and also the boys with the the engineers have, have done a great job of giving us some more front end grip with some more um, uh, development parts that have come about just recently. So. Uh, yeah, it's so promising and um, it's such a relief to actually, you know, go out there and, uh, well, put it this way, I made a mistake in the first qualifying and um, and I was still midfield last year. If I made a mistake, I'd be dead last. Todd Kelly is more optimistic on the position that they are in at Nissan. You know, ruined our day, but overall I think we've made a, a really good jump in our outright speed for the cars and there's a lot of things that we've still got in the pipeline to improve on that and build on that through the year so uh, I think we're sitting um, certainly not sitting here the fastest cars in pit lane but fast enough to be able to to get some results this year which is um, 
exactly what we're aiming for. James Warburton explained how the new TV deal would be structured in 2015. What this deal about is about is more V8 supercars, more often, on more platforms, and more reach and more eyeballs than ever before. There's six events, which is just under 70% of our current, current audience, which will be simulcast live between Fox Sports and 10 on both platforms. They're the Clipsal 500 in Adelaide, the Townsville um, 500, the Wilson Security Sandown 500, the Super Cheap Auto Bathurst 1000, Gold Coast 600 and the Sydney 500. As I said, they're simulcast. All of those events with the exclusion of Bathurst are ad-free on Foxtel and of course in HD. Every other race will be live in HD, ad-free and exclusive on Fox Sports. However, in this deal we've ensured that all of our races will be available for free. There'll be one hour highlights packages on one in prime time at 8.30pm on Saturday and on Sunday, at 11.30pm on 10 on Saturday and Sunday, and at 4 o'clock on Sunday on 10. In addition, there'll be the season-long return of the great and loved RPM program on 10. There'll be weekly Fox Sports shows on V8, um, V8 Extra and Motorsport 360 every single week of the season, as well as preview and review shows of every round. Fox Sports and Foxtel have both said they'll give this the absolute Fox Sports treatment. So again, if you've seen you know, the Sky telecasts, the NASCAR telecast, and what Fox Sports are doing, the absolute guarantee in terms of innovation is what's coming forward. And whilst we talk about television and broadcast, with digital content and, and future-proofing this sport, digital is absolutely crucial. So we've gone on the best platform we believe available. So the best in class will be on Foxtel Go and Foxtel Play. And in fact, Foxtel Go started yesterday uh, and that's where our Superview product uh, will, will field forward. The CEO also discussed on how V8 supercars would now work with cams and potential motorsport developers to increase the number of circuits in Australia. I think further afield, uh, we've signed four MOUs in terms of new developments, new track, new developments, lots of you know, press and um, you know, the, the like out there around things like tail and bend, etc. But the reality is we will do our absolute utmost to support new developers and new permanent circuits. Robert Dahlgren talked about his disappointment in having mechanical issues at Clipsal. Yeah, it's been... Uh... First of all, the, the race has been absolutely amazing. The, the whole, like, uh, with the crowd and fans and everything, that's been very good. And uh, just mainly proud of what uh, GRM and Volvo and Pulsar have done, uh, and what Scott have done as well. Uh, obviously, it's just fantastic to put it there and, and uh, show that it can be quick. For myself, it has been a, a big step because everything is new. I did uh, most of the laps in um, wet conditions up in Sydney. And then a couple of laps in, in the when it was a little bit drier, but not fully dry. I haven't done until I came here. And then on the street circuit, when you're bouncing around and first time, so it's, it has been difficult because I need to change quite a bit on the, my driving style. Uh, I got quicker and quicker all the time, 
uh, and in the race now it fell right. He also explained what he needs to change in his driving style to be successful in the V8s. No, just uh, the way you break into a corner. I mean, uh, you have a lot of higher pressure into the corner, so you have in, in a car with higher downforce, you have the amount of uh, pressure, but you it's just different when you approach the corner. Uh, you can't lift the brake off as early as you want so, uh, because it's just not pushing so you need to look a little bit more trailer brake into some corners and, and really get the car dead straight until you go on power uh, it's a lot rougher in, in transaction between uh, straight and turning and you need to work with that, not against it Adrian Burgess told the V8 Insiders how he will be implementing HRT's development program over the next few months. I, mean, we, I know where we need to go. There's a lot of work we need to do still. But um, for me, this is just a great thank you for the last couple of months for the guys. And uh, hopefully this is a little taste of more of what we can achieve if we, uh, we get on and we do the work we need to do. We, we've still got to do some work now. And finally, and that's the news on the V8 Insiders, brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Check out the entire range today at www.nobrac.com.au. On this week's White Flag Lap, we hear from Red Bull Racing's commercial manager, Peter Jamison, on his team's thoughts on the new TV deal. But next, the roundtable with Sam Reid and Andrew Hawkins. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders as we get set for the Grand Prix non-championship round of the V8 Supercars. Joining me, Craig Revell, is Sam Reed and Andrew Hawkins. Sam, training the celebrities this week, uh, any celebrities that should be in a race car regularly? Absolutely. This year there's quite a good lineup. We've uh, got some of the cyclists. We've got. I think we're uh, not allowed to talk too much about who's a hot favourite at this point, but certainly the athletes are always a standout. And as I mentioned, there's some cyclists in there. We've got some of the Winter Olympians. So there's certainly uh, a lot of competition going on from that perspective. But there's some other big personalities that are all doing a really good job so far. But touch wood, they've got their OLT tomorrow and. Uh, into the event on the weekend. Well, Speed TV's Andrew Hawkins, uh, you were at Top Gear Festival last weekend. Is that why you're not one of the celebrities? Uh, I don't think I'm a celebrity anyway, Craig. I'm uh, just one of those people that pop up occasionally. <laughs> well, what do we think about this Grand Prix race, Andrew? I, I still find the drivers treat it with a little bit of uh, disdain. It's not a championship race. It's a bit of a test session, but they still seem to wreck a lot of cars. 
Yeah, look, it's fair to say that the, uh, the the Grand Prix, you know, not being a points thing doesn't matter once you get the helmet on. And there'll be a few teams that use it as a glorified test session. Um, but having no points up for grabs is, means nothing to the drivers. Once the helmet comes on and the, the revs go up, it's, you know, well, they're, they're playing for sheep stations, so it's, uh, it, it's game on and ice forward as far as they're concerned. Sam, what about your read on the... Oh, pardon the pun, on the uh, Grand Prix weekend for the V8s. Yeah, it's always an interesting one. I, I'm, you know, very thankful it is on the calendar. I think it makes it an interesting weekend. It's something a bit different, and I'm always up for a different race format. So it does, you know, it's hard on the teams. There's a short turnaround from Clipsal here, and there is always a big damage bill associated. But certainly from the fans, and I think that's what the sport's all about. It's good to have them out and, and showing their face and, and up there with what is the pinnacle of motorsport around the world. So I think it's good to, to have those two categories alongside. Mm. Well, if we had so much trouble with single-file restarts in the AZ, how are we going to go with the double-file restarts, Sam? Yeah, wasn't that a kerfuffle? Uh, what a challenge. It um, might be good for the spectators in terms of a lot of damage, but on the flip side, we do get more and more safety cars as a result. And It's not something I'm a huge fan of. I think single-files are challenge enough, so... You know, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Are the drivers going to respect it a little bit better for the next one? I doubt it. It's part of their their making, really, isn't it, to push as hard as they can. So those cars are wide as it is. It is a fairly wide circuit we've got at uh, at the AGP, but we'll have to see. AJ, what's your read on double file starts and reef starts? Oh, look, I, I think uh, there's going to be complete carnage i don't think there's any getting past it you know everyone's trying to ra- uh, race for the same piece of road and uh there's a lot of times that uh two into one doesn't go too much so uh yeah i'm, I'm predicting carnage yeah. oh, at the same sort of level as what we saw at at Clipsal, do you think andrew uh, probably not at the same level. I don't think we'll see anything quite like Brighty's crash. But, you know, I mean, you only have to go back a few years where you had, um, you know, Stevie J with a big accident, you know, crashing into back of lounge and taking half the car off. Um, and that wasn't anywhere near a restart. But, uh, look, there's always carnage at the at the GP, and I, I don't think this year's going to be any different. It's it's crazy, isn't it, that we do have a, a situation where we are still running a non-points race even right after the start of the season. And, Sam, when years ago when the GP used to start the year, you could understand it not being part of the championship, but in this day and age, uh, it it should be really some way of getting those points involved in the championship, and then a lot of more people will be taking it a lot more seriously. Yeah, look, I couldn't agree more. I, I don't really understand why that decision is... To stay the way it is, I think it would make more sense for the teams. There'd be a lot more value in it for everyone attending the event as well. But, you know, it's, it's become the carnage event. And I, to, to be fair, I think that that almost works for the event organisers to a degree. Yes, it slows the racing down some time. And, you know, we all know that the priority at an event like that is always the Formula One. So we can't interrupt their schedule. But nonetheless, it attracts people because as, as much as the drivers probably dislike it and the, the team owners hate paying the bills, the more incidents we have, the more spectators tend to tune in. So it's a, a harsh reality of the sport and it's something that I think just, you know, keeps ticking along in the background and as long as they can get away with it, they'll probably continue to do so. And the critical thing is uh, the Grand Prix needs the V8s 
and the V8s need the Grand Prix because they want sponsors, they want to be in front of the huge crowds, and the Grand Prix is certainly a huge crowd, AJ, but it it's just one of those catch-22s. Oh, exactly. You know, they. You know, it's good to be on the the bill of the Formula One in Melbourne. Probably not anywhere else. Probably not in the, you know the Middle East. But uh, you know, you you want to you know get as many people involved in, and to be able to see your racing as possible. And the Melbourne Grand Prix is certainly one of those events that show it off to people who may not necessarily like or get to many V8 events or just Formula One fans or, or fans like that. Mm. Now, one thing we did see last year is. Uh, uh the coverage, uh, particularly for the Formula One's being extended and extended because of weather and and uh, particularly on the qualifying, it does mean that it's live television. We had an interesting experience after Clipsal AJ with Scotty's F word. And I'm wondering, is that the uh, equivalent of Jim Richards' A-holes call at Bathurst for this generation? Um, it's probably not a bad call, but I think it probably transcends that these days where, you know, you've got all these, you know, internet memes and, and all these things which weren't around in Jim Richards' days. So it's probably it's probably the F word for, for this generation. But, um, look, I just, I just hope that Volvo use it in their advertising campaigns because it's really grown wings. And, you know, even Scotty Mack came out in the last couple of days and said, you know, he's gained 3,000 Facebook followers and, you know, 7,000 extra Twitter followers. So there's a lot of people jumping onto the, the gentle bandwagon. Yes, and Sam, how long can Volvo milk it for? Oh, look, I, I don't think it, that necessarily is the question. I think as long as they've got uh, McLaughlin uh, in their sights, it's not going to be the first and the, or the last at the time that they see those sorts of words. It's pretty clear that he's brought a pretty strong following with him, and obviously his success on, on the weekend at Clipsville was, was huge. It was a huge team, but also showed the immense ability that that the kid has got and you know he really is still a kid so I think the part about it that made it so successful was the innocence involved and you know it's something that can't genuinely be repeated it's just you know you couldn't ask for it to have happened a better way from Volvo's perspective and it's something that would be hard for him to repeat but you know he's got that crazy character about him and we've got a few of them in bad supercars and I certainly think it's a a good thing and it's going to continue and I think it's a great thing for the sport so to Personally, I'd like to see more and more of it. You know, it happened to be a slightly unfortunate word that, that made the television coverage, but it kept it interesting. And the best bit about it was to see how much passion was behind it. it that's always, you know, we, we talked so much about how the sport had become a little bit dull because everyone's saying all the right things. And, you know, it was so great to see someone so genuinely excited and happy for the team and for everyone involved that, you know, maybe the wrong word slipped out. So it was a really good thing to watch. And AJ, certainly on social media, the argument is, was the F word the wrong word or was it Jandal that was the real swear word? Uh, well, we, we we did a little bit of um, Googling through the uh, the speed officers to find out what a jandal actually was, and apparently it's short for Japanese sandal. So if everyone knows what a jandal is, that's what it is. Um, I thought it was so, a thong. Well, it's it's part of that uh, part of that thong, but yeah, it's short for Japanese sandal. So uh, I think I think the F bomb was was fine. There's a lot of people that have heard. I mean, it's, you know, it could have been you know underbelly Adelaide. You know, they, you know that I mean, if people are worried about that, they you know, really need to, you know, put their fingers in their ears occasionally because it's more commonly used these days than ever. Well, you're a TV man, and, of course, you know full well that I think Dale Earnhardt Jr. used a word like that, and it actually stopped NASCAR from showing any live interviews with drivers ever again. 
it was uh, it was quite a knee jerk reaction that they had. Yes, I think the the Americans are, are very different uh, to uh, to us over here. But I think it's um, I think it's come, we've come a long way um, you know, in the last, especially the last ten years with um, with stuff like that. Mm. Well, we need to take a break here on the Van Insiders. There's plenty more when we return. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Andrew Hawkins from Speed TV and Sam Reed from Nissan Motorsport. But I was fascinated. You were telling me you'd just been to Nepal to do some driver training. You know, are you racing up Mount Everest or what? Well, not quite, but uh, they've got a big passion over there for motorsport. They've started some uh, land speed sort of attempts and uh, some slow speed rally they call them timed rallies so a bit like a regularity but they're pretty keen to to get involved and i i think they've got the perfect roads with such you know luscious scenery and mountains i can certainly see some world-class rallies there in the near future mm, one of the crazy things with scheduling meant that ari vartan was in canberra whilst the rest of the world was in adelaide and it was such a shame not to meet him his perks peak footage is uh, from what 30 years ago now is still legendary and uh, I was just thinking, could you imagine that, going up uh, uh, Harry Varton and going up uh, Mount Everest? That would be awesome. Hey, the Dunlop Series. Now, there's 30 cars regularly turning up for the Dunlop Series, Sam. I wonder, is it time we split out the top 20 from the second, uh, from the 10 and let the top 20 do their thing without having the risk of uh, uh, race ruined or even further damage? with the uh, younger, less experienced guys in the field with them? Well, now, that's, a, that's a certainly an interesting uh, discussion. It's, it's an interesting thing. We've seen some really solid fields, and then, you know, we, one or two years' time, it tends to go the other way. So uh, I think at this point it's good to have the mix in. As, as we know, you know, the more people we've got on the field, and certainly that mix of experience and inexperience, that we do end up with a bit of carnage and therefore the dollar bill goes up and, and that makes it challenging for those that are you know, young, up and coming and, and trying to make a big name for themselves in the sport. Having said that, you know, that is part of the whole you know, growing up phase, I suppose. It's a, for a different term to put to it. But you know, those young, inexperienced guys, it's all about them doing their best to navigate their way through all of that carnage. And I think the best of the best that do generally make it that next step into the main game bear supercars are the ones that have been able to do that the best. So I personally like to see a lot of cars on the grid. I think it makes for some interesting racing. And, you know, I'm all for uh, having as many people out there as we can. If we've got the numbers, then uh, let's make use of them because otherwise we've just got another, you know, program, another uh, event on the program, and that means there's just less racing for everyone across the calendar. Mm. I guess, uh, Andrew... I'm looking at from a, a spectator's point of view that if you had a race of 20 and a race of 10, say we'd just split the 30, uh, you've got your best 20. So it might be an inexperienced guy can be in the fastest 20. 
and uh, a more experienced guy that's kits getting a bit old is going to be in the back 10 but people come to see v8 races people will want to watch v8 races on the tv if you gave them the opportunity to see a couple more v8 races isn't that a good thing um it probably it's an interesting point um you don't want to oversaturate the market i agree with them i think we should keep it all 30 cars together let the let the the stronger guys and the weaker guys all battle it out together there's no better place to learn your race craft than you know a a series like the dunlop series let them race Mm, all right then now also we've got uh bathurst if we're talking about car numbers then wild cards are they going to be more important than ever andrew when we get to bathurst and even at sandown and the gold coast um, I think it depends on who the wild cards are. I mean, we, we saw a really strong showing from the you know the third triple eight entry last year. Um, but if it's someone that's going to be down the back, I mean, I don't know if it's really going to make that much difference to it. Um, I, I'm not sure that you know having extra cars just for extra car sake is uh, the way to go. What about you, Sam? Yeah, I think it's it's changed in recent years with the introduction of car and the car of the future and the the addition of some of the manufacturers. I know there's a lot of pressure from manufacturers to have international drivers. It sort of strengthens their uh, international fleet of drivers, and if they can, you know, cross skill and use that publicity worldwide, it's a benefit to them. But I think we have seen, probably with the exception of the Triple Eight entry last year, that generally the internationals do tend to struggle a little bit, and I think. That wild card option gives a lot of the home teams that opportunity to, you know, put some internationals in a car, but at the same time not sacrifice their championship uh, cars. Because at the end of the day, whilst it is, you know, a world, you know, telecast everywhere, uh, and there's a lot of worldwide interest, it is still a home championship. And these guys, again, there's a lot of money on the line. There's a lot of work that's gone into prepping those cars, and it's it's always such a shame to see them taken out so early and it means a lot to them so i'd love to see more wild cards there uh confident wild cards but i think everyone's you know in the last few years i think everyone started to learn a little bit of a lesson and i say that sounds a bit serious but i think they're taking it a little bit more seriously in terms of just what a challenge mount panorama is and that you know the v8 supercars really are a breed of their own they're a challenge to drive and the drivers in them are world class Mm. It's certainly a, a balancing act, isn't it, Andy? If if you could get, just say, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Tony Stewart in a car, you wouldn't care how how much uh, they needed to uh, get out there or how many times they got lapped because people just want to watch it just because they're there. Uh, well, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, as I said before, it has to be something that is a, a worthwhile um, exercise and not something that's just, you know, um, you know, someone from the Dunlop series who's going to run, you know, last and, and just tag around, you know, like the, um, you know, I mean, Cam Waters and Grant Daniel a couple of years ago had a good go, but, they, you know, they weren't front-running pace. But if you had someone else who was either newsworthy or was was quick enough, then sure. We see what sort of headlines um, that Eric Banner made for the 12-hour and uh, a celebrity like that getting a ride would certainly get some eyeballs and uh, column inches. Absolutely, and internationally as well. I mean, Eric Bannon's an internationally known star. I mean, if you had him and Mark Webber at Bathurst, that's a global headline. Mm. wonder what Porsche are doing next year then. (laughs) Guys, (laughs) Sam, uh, V8 Supercars. Now, 
you, of course, have uh, gone through cutting your teeth out of Adelaide there and uh, working your way up through the motor racing. Was there a was there a time when that uh, South Australia had enough motor racing circuits? Because we've heard about the Talon Bend plan now, and obviously V8 supercars have had a huge policy shift under James Warburton, who's saying we want to help people invest in motorsport, which is 180 degrees from where Tony Cochran was, and he was always, it's all about us and us looking after ourselves. Yeah, look, I think the shift is is timely. I think for the first time in the sport, they've really, you know, they've taken note that we only get these people at the top level of the sport because they've had the opportunity to come through from those grassroots levels through to your state level, national level and beyond. And without that investment into motorsport, into motorsport facilities, there isn't the opportunity for people to get out there and experience that. Uh, In South Australia, there is a severe lack of facilities. We have had uh, Malala Motorsport Park, which is, you know, it's in pretty good shape, but as far as uh, circuits go these days, it's on the smaller side. The facilities are probably lacking in terms of, you know, big corporate events, so it doesn't tend to, to drag big crowds. And Adelaideans don't tend to travel that much. That's certainly something I can attest to. So whilst it is only sort of an hour and a bit out of town, it's probably on the wrong side of town, whereas Tail and Bend also around an hour out of Adelaide is, you know, it's towards those Victorians and it's more likely to attract that Victorian and, you know, the eastern seaboard uh, competitors coming across. Eclipsal has always been a hugely successful event and, and motorsport in South Australia, is it's something people are passionate about, but there just isn't quite the level of involvement that they would have liked. So I, I'm certainly a supporter of them putting that facility out there and I think it's important for everyone also to acknowledge that it's not just about that the motorsport. It's those facilities are all are used for all sorts of different things, whether it's, you know, young driver road safety, whether it's licensing of motorbike riders and courier drivers, whatever it may be, the facilities do tend to be multi purpose facilities and, and certainly Adelaide doesn't have anything like that. So it'd be great to see a multi purpose facility built out that way to complement everything at Malala because I really do think that there's enough workload enough demand out there to fulfil both complexes. Mm. And, uh, AJ, it's it's important that you have racetracks because uh, when you look at Speed TV, you want content and the more motor racing, the more motor racing that's uh, being filmed at a good level is uh, certainly going to help with the content. Uh, absolutely, and I think this is a, uh, this is an, uh, a well overdue shift from Viet Supercars. It's great to, for them to support um, all these local tracks and actually try and get more permanent permanent circuits in Australia, so we can actually get more racing, more content, and that flows on through the through the categories. Mm. All right, here's the test now. Sam Reed, who's going to win the MSS Security Challenge at Albert Park? Oh, now that is a tough one. I I genuinely think that Volvo is going to be in with a shot. I think Triple Eight would be silly to rule those guys out, but that seems like a boring answer after their previous history. Look, it's it's more exciting than ever, and it's so good to see those teams up there. I think. Nissan Motorsport, to be fair, is probably still, you know, they're certainly improved from last year, as has uh, Erebus with the Mercedes engines. But I think they're still a little bit off the pace. You know, it, it's it's going to be closer than ever before, but it's certainly a circuit that rewards uh, straight line speed. So those Volvo engines, I think, are going to be hard to beat. All right. Um, what about you, Andrew? Um, well, looking at the stats today, you know, Russell Ingle is the most winningest driver through the, the AJP with eight winners. Eight race wins. Coulthard won three races last year and was around the top five. It was in the top five for the fourth. 
Bridie came second a couple of times, and he's got his new debuting his new car this weekend. Um, I'm going to go with BJR. Look, um, even though McLaughlin won a race last year, BJR for me. Yep, I've actually got this funny feeling that Jason Bright's new chassis, with what they've learnt over the past year, is going to be a rocket ship. And I, I think Bridie might come back from two crashes in a row to make it the third time a charm. I, I think so, and um, it just for for those people who didn't know, they've actually named that car Brody after the little boy that donated his pocket money to fix it up. So that's uh, it's a, it's an interesting tidbit for this weekend. All right. Well, thanks very much, Sam Reed, and to Andrew Hawkins for joining us here on the V8 Insiders. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. The white flag lap is up next. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lab, brought to you by Munro Shock Absorbers, Peter Jamison spoke to me about the new TV deal. With uh, six races live to air, packages on free-to-air TV, and then everything shown on commercial uh, on pay TV, how's that going to change the way you have to commercially look at selling their supercars, and more particularly a team? Okay, the, the first thing you've got to realise is that the $16 million out of $20 million covers those six races. So the majority is no change. The free-to-air stuff, the one-hour packages, are going to be very much focused on the 18 to 25-year demographic. A demographic we're not really talking to that well. They're very, very time poor. We need to get talk, talking to them more often, and certainly the sponsors like Red Bull, even Holden, all want to talk to that demographic. So that one hour prior to the news of highlights package is going to be a big deal, and I'm, I'm very excited by that. And then going to the um, pay, to, pay, pay per view, thousand hours. <laughs> that's a big, that's a big package. Um, People like GearInch, you know, people like um, Komatsu, those sort of guys will certainly see some value in getting involved in the in the pay-per-view footprint, and uh, I think it's going to be quite exciting. Um, certainly the sponsors we've got, after the briefings that we've had with them over the last month, are all excited. What about for teams that aren't in as strong a commercial position as Triple Eight? Do you think that's going to give them the leg up, or do you think it's going to make it hard to sell when you're going to have uh, social media backlash going, this is the end of the world, we're not going to see the races? <laughs> For the uninitiated or the uninformed, that's probably what, what I'm sure that's what's out on social media at the moment. Reality is we're going from 150-odd hours to nearly 1,000 hours. Teams have got a massive opportunity. So if you're sitting 23rd in the championship and you've got a sponsor potential, um, that thousand hours is massive, so I can't see anything but upside. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe it's easier for us because we've got uh, good Facebook followers and we've got good Twitter and act- activity. But it's what you make it. And right now, I think uh, V8s and particularly James and his team, uh, James Warburton, have done a fantastic job of putting together what is going to give us longevity for the next five years. Critically, you've been given time unlike two years ago where you're starting the season and no one knew what was happening. (laughs) 
We don't want to go back to that clearly. But uh, look, you know, the fact that we negotiated in in the, in the in the interim, so we're not facing you know a trough of AFL taking money out, NRL taking money out, and then suddenly we're trying to put you know put our hand in. So we've got ourselves a good package. We've got ourselves longevity. We know where we're going to, and now ten will become home and motorsport. They've got a mantle to work with. They've got a demographic that uh, is attractive for what supercars need to. Look, I'd have to say, my, I've got a 19-year-old son, and he thinks a Falcon is what he comes home in pissed from the valley after uh, a night out. He doesn't know anything about Ford versus Holden rivalry. He doesn't understand any of that historical stuff, but we, that's what the audience we're going to talk to. And that's what this package is going to do. Those highlight packages, those one-hour packages before the news, the paid to TV. If he wants to be an anorak and watch practice, qualifying, and then uh, the, uh, the races, then he's got all, every right to do that, and he can do that. But the reality is, it's time for it. He'll take that one hour and say, Dad, I've seen it all. Thanks very much. That's all we have time for this week on the V8 Insiders. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.